as we bring in Jay Billis from ESPN, college basketball analyst extraordinaire, also outstanding golfer and part of the Five Clubs Golf family with Gary Williams. Um, I know, Jay, that you every year go to Hawaii for the Maui Invitational, and those of us who are also news watchers uh, have seen the devastation on the island around the Lahaina Civic Center. So I'm just curious, um, how much of it have you watched? Is it? Def- it I'm sure it has been difficult to watch. And what do you know about the immediate future of that? Yeah, it's been heartbreaking. Uh, the devastation is just, uh, it's gut-wrenching to watch. It's, uh, you know, it's really been kind of unimaginable. Uh, my wife actually brought out some pictures last night of uh, that very area from just last year's tournament. And, you know, it, it's it looks like a, an apocalyptic scene. Uh, so we're heartbroken for Maui and all the people there. As far as the tournament, I haven't heard anything, so I don't really know. Uh, I read a report that the, the Civic Center, which is just up a hill above Lahaina, mm-hmm. is still intact. But, uh, but you know, you can't imagine. It's hard to imagine uh, in the aftermath of this you could have a tournament. Uh, during COVID, the Maui Invitational was played once in Asheville, North Carolina, and then the following year when Maui was still closed down to visitors, um, they had it in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So there are other options, but, but you know, nobody's really thinking about that right now. It's just sort of the um, trying to wrap your head around what happened. It's so, just so difficult to watch. I mean, just on a personal level, because uh, I've read enough about it that for some, there's something about I've never been. I've never been to Hawaii, let alone uh, Lahaina. There's something about the area that is different or special. Can you put your finger on what it is about the area? Well, it's like it's like what's special about Charleston or Savannah or uh, uh, you know some of these historic districts. Um, it's a it's a historic district in in that area, and you know a lot of the businesses have been there for for a long, long time, and the restaurants and all that. Uh, they're all gone. There's a there's a banyan tree mm-hmm. um, that's that survived, uh, although it's you know badly damaged and singed and all you can imagine from the heat. But that's been there since I think it was planted in 1857. Uh, but you know some of those some of those buildings have been there a long time and they're just now charred rubble and uh, and you know I mean look I, I I saw Oppenheimer the other night. Yeah. And one, it's a really good movie. Um, I didn't think I'd like anything for three hours, but it was really good. <laughs> but afterwards, you know, we, we, my wife and I were saying, you, you could, you could slide these pictures into to some of the things that you saw in Oppenheimer, and it, and it fit in there. I mean, it was just so. I could never have imagined this kind of thing, and the fact that it went all up and down the island, and. Uh, especially on one side of it, it's just it's just hard to believe, really. Yeah, I think uh, at last read, some somewhere in the neighborhood of sixty people have lost their lives. Jay Billis is joining us here on the Adam Gold Show. All right, uh, I know how you are, whether it's intentional or not, uh, have tried to be the voice of reason when it comes to college sports um, and athletes realizing their their value in the marketplace, but. This, we're not even talking about NIL anymore because the conferences are not even resembling what they used to be. So, you have thoughts on what has gone on 
in the last, not not even just the last two weeks, but the last two years with major college conferences? Yeah, Adam, I think it's kind of more of the same, honestly. Um, I've sort of been raising my eyebrows and, and rolling my eyes a little bit at the complaining from college administrators about this, the, the latest move. And look, I get it that nobody wanted to see the Pac-12 go away, but um, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't like uh, you know all these other conferences drove up in a van and dangled candy out the door to try to get the Pac-12 schools to get in so they could kidnap them. You know, they went willingly, and and this all started 30 years ago, and and it's been going on for all this time. You know, you had Nebraska go to the Big Ten and Maryland go to the Big Ten and, and Texas and Oklahoma recently went to the Southeastern Conference. Missouri went to the Southeastern Conference. Uh, you know, you, you had the Big East take in all these schools and then the ACC took all those Big East schools and the Big East kind of popped up again in a basketball context. Um, uh, you know, heck, the Pac-12 took Colorado and Utah in. <laughs> and when I was in, in high school, uh, the Pac-12 took in Arizona and Arizona State. Like, right. One of the things that makes me laugh is I played in the ACC when it was eight teams, eight. Mm-hmm. And five of our seven road trips at Duke uh, in conference were by bus. And now they're flying to Syracuse and Notre Dame and Miami and Boston College and all these places. Um you know, it, it we we all kind of predicted that we were going to wind up with four super conferences, mm-hmm. and now we we have that, and we have the audacity to to act surprised. Um, you know, these moves have been made; they've been made for one reason, for money, and long term business sustainability, and all the things that multi billion dollar businesses say. And but the thing that makes me laugh about this, and and I'm not saying you know it's funny. But I just kind of chuckle when administrators say, I can't believe they're doing this. Yeah. And going, well, you did it. <laughs> like, so it's okay when you did it, but then it's out of control when somebody else does it. Uh, you know, ACC administrators saying, can you believe this? Like, I couldn't believe it when you guys took in Syracuse, Pittsburgh, Boston College, Notre Dame, and Miami, mm. and Virginia Tech. You know, I mean, who's, who's the arbiter of what's crazy here? It's actually really normal, given what we've been doing in in this game and this 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 uh, industry over the last thirty years. It's all about but, football. Is is unfortunately what it is. It is not about the other sports. Uh, Eli Drinkwitz, the head football coach at Missouri, wondered aloud, and I know he has said some things about NIL, which we we all roll our eyes at, but. Uh, I thought he was kind of on point when he said that we thought about the collateral damage of what it does to all of the other athletes in uh, who have to. It's not just about air miles. It's about time zones. It's about none of those sports fly charter. They all fly have to fly commercial. So I don't know how many times I have been flying somewhere and I see, oh, I don't know, the, uh, the University of uh, Louisville softball team. Uh, waiting for a connecting flight in an airport. I mean, the 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 amount of burden on the athletes, not football or men's basketball, is going to be devastating. Well, I don't think it'll be devastating. I think it'll be fine. But what what I think is happening is these administrators, while at the same time uh, making these conference deals that turn the, all of their teams into give them NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball travel schedules 
they have the audacity and the gall to turn around and say, but we need guardrails on their compensation. <laughs> and they're going to go in front of Congress and say, well, we're just little old college sports. All we do is educate and, uh, and you know, build leaders of tomorrow. And you're like, really? Like, you're, you're the NFL and the NBA. What are you talking about? And, and you made these decisions for hundreds of, uh, of millions of dollars in a multi-billion dollar uh, industry. And you're going to try to say you're running the Little League World Series and the teams are being coached by, by one player's dad who's an insurance salesman? Like, come on now. And uh, it's, you know, I, I've always hesitated to use the word hypocrisy with college sports. I just think it's, it can be incendiary and it, it right. pisses people off. I've always said, well, there are a lot of contradictions. Um, this is just straight out hypocrisy. And any legislator, congressman uh, or senator who listens to these administrators complain about the transfer portal when the transfer portal is open for business for any school that wants mm-hmm. to to make its players travel cross country for a normal normal conference game, uh, they should laugh them right out of the committee rooms. Well, I'm a, I'm I'm uh, in 100 percent agreement on that. Uh, I I am curious about this, Jay Billis, uh, and I know the NCAA is really just, it's all the schools. I am well aware of the power structure, and Charlie Baker, the new uh, man in charge, is basically just a mouthpiece for all all of the presidents. But somewhere along the line, I would have loved to have seen some leadership from that office to publicly chastise the conferences for, what are you doing? You are destroying the fabric of all of this. Uh, just trying to get more money for yourselves. I understand it's big business, but I thought, as you said, I thought it was college sports. Well, but but are they really destroying the fabric of this? Like, it's still college sports. All The only difference between college sports and professional sports is uh, the players are enrolled in school. That's the only difference. Other than that, it's entirely the same. They have the same media rights deals. They have the mm-hmm. same schedules. They have the same travel, all that stuff. And uh, uh, so it's really no different. Um, so I don't I don't think it's destroying it. And it's just the latest round of it. We go through this every couple of years. Remember when we were, you know, it, it, the, the latest apocalypse before this one was USC and UCLA. Right. And, oh, my God. How's this going to work? It's going to work fine. It, it won't be a problem. You know, and, and we had apocalypses before when the ACC expanded, Texas and Oklahoma left and all that stuff. It's really not that big of a deal. You know, if people like tradition that much, Duke could still be in the Southern Conference. Um, And I'm not sure that it's over yet um, Mm -mm. with Florida State making rumblings and, you know, venture capital, uh, private equity, uh, considering getting involved in college sports. Who knows? We could see some issues with the ACC going forward. Yep. But but it's – I get it where – you know, when things change, uh, there's a little bit of trepidation on the part of fans. But we've seen over the years, nobody has turned away. Nobody turned away when NIL came in. Nobody turned away when the transfer portal came in. Nobody turned away when, you know, when I, again, going back to when I was in college, ACC eight schools, mm-hmm. there used to be the big eight, and it was the <laughs> pack eight. And shockingly, the Big Ten had 10 teams. <laughs> it made sense. Then it went to Big 12 and all that. And then the, the, the Big Ten started expanding and the Big East expanded. Um, you know, th- this is just normal business that, that continues on where, where these schools are going to take the best deals. And, and to the point of, of the Missouri football coach, it's not all about football. Um, all of these other sports 
they do have inventory value for television yep. and for their media rights partners. So you're probably not going to see what makes sense is that if, if football is the, you know, the valuable property, then play a football schedule how you want and, and, and you know, group together how you want in whatever conferences. And then all your other sports could play a more regional schedule and you have different conferences for them but they want all their media rights bundled together to sell because they make more money than if they just sold football. Cause basketball is still valuable. Mm-hmm. Softball's making money. Baseball's getting money. All these, all these networks, uh, whether it's a, they have a college sports network, they have their own conference network. They need to have that inventory to be able to, to sell. Yeah, the, the little league softball world series is on television in front of me right now. Jay Billis, before I let you go, I just want to make it clear I don't. The games are never going to go away. I mean, co- college football is the most, the second most popular sport in the United States, behind the NFL. We're always going to watch the games. I try to make that clear all the time that those ga- the games are never going to go away. It's just what we are, what we are used to, accustomed to, uh, with college football and the structure and the conferences. I mean, I personally think we're going to be one or two conferences in within five years. Uh, it's just going to look totally different. But on game day, I don't think anybody will care. Um, with the CW getting involved in sports now, uh, they have live golf tournaments. Uh, I've made I made the joke with Jim Phillips. Let's just get the public investment fund to underwrite ACC football and problem solved. Yeah, I mean that may happen. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, what I think what. What college sports administrators have shown is that they have no governor uh, on uh, taking the most money. Um, and, and you probably hear it, too. I hear it from time to time. I do a lot of primetime games, and I'm very fortunate to do so. But you may have a 9.30 game on Tuesday, <laughs> 9.30 p.m. on the East Coast. Yeah. And, and invariably, an administrator will come up and say, how can you guys put this game at 9.30? These guys got to go to school tomorrow, and the, the fans are gonna, aren't going to get home until 1 in the morning. <laughs> And you have to gently remind them, like, we don't determine when the games are. You do. <laughs> like, you can play all your games at noon on Saturday and Sunday if you want. We pay more at 930. Right. You took the money. <laughs> you sold us this game at 930. So, so like, and, 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 you know, well, sometimes we'll have a slide of the tip from, like, 932 to, like, 942. Right. And they'll, they'll complain about the slide and go, you sold us that. Like, we paid for that. If you don't want the game to slide, then don't take the money. Yep. And then we have some coaches they will say, don't want to do the halftime interview. All right, but you sold it to us. We paid you for it. You know, like, I don't care whether coach does a halftime interview. I don't think they're, they're that great anyway. No. But, but, you know, they, they took money for it, and then they want to complain about having to do it. Like, I'm sorry, you know, if you don't want to do it. Like Augusta National Golf Club could, as you know, could make so much more money than they make if they had more commercials and they had signage on the golf course and they charged what people would expect for a pimento cheese sandwich. They'd pay 10 bucks for that thing and they charge three and they do it because of their, you know, they, they at least with money, they have certain values and principles they're going to stick to. And the NCAA is unwilling to do that. And all the member institutions, they are unwilling to do that. You know, they could play all their games like the Ivy League on Friday and mm-hmm. Saturday, and they won't do it. So they, they're going, hey, you'll pay more on Tuesday? 930. We'll take it. There you go. It's, it's a matter of time. I, I think the ACC should be playing football every Friday night uh, if they could get a bigger package doing it. Jay Billis, I appreciate your time. Have a good weekend, uh, and uh, we'll talk again soon, sir.
look forward to it. Thank you. You got it. Jay Billis here on the Adam Gold Show.